Okay, live from Bristol, Connecticut, the Rosillo Show podcast. Pretty pumped up. Didn't think I'd be in Connecticut still. Thought maybe I'd leave today. I'm not. I'm East Coast Rye, and I didn't pack anything to wear that's warm, so I've been wearing the same Aviation Nation, Aviator Nation, Aviation Nation hoodies are less popular. Aviator Nation hoodie uh, every single day. I've been wearing it to the gym, too. Obviously, went to the gym. And uh, I'm freezing. I'm freezing. So I just talked to... We have a big show for you, big show. I really like it. I didn't like last week's show. I'm going to go ahead and just admit to you, I wasn't super into that one. I hate all this NBA preview stuff. I wanted games. I wanted to actually talk about teams after watching them for a few times. Um, maybe I'll be overreacting because I'm going to do this new thing today. But uh, I apologize. I owe America and our international listeners overseas, the expats, uh, I owe you an apology because I just didn't really, it wasn't really an effort thing. I just went back and listened. I was like, this kind of sucked, bro. So today's podcast is going to be really good because the ne- the one thing you know about me is when I have something terrible happen, I come back stronger than ever, all right? And that's how I felt about last week's podcast and this week's podcast because we're going to tape with Jeff Saturday. We're going to sit down, talk some ball with him. It feels like the Mahomes stuff is always at the front of the lobe. I don't know why I'm talking that way right now, but whatever. And then we're going to do five questions, okay? I've wanted to do this for a long time. I wanted to do this on the radio show, but I don't know that I ever trusted anybody else to do it the way I wanted to do it. Maybe that's me being a control freak. True. Maybe that's me thinking I'm the only creative one. That's probably true, too. Uh, it may be unfair. maybe fair at some point, but who cares? Now, it's my podcast, so I can do it this way. I'm going to do five questions with Jeff Saturday, and all five questions are going to be based on whether or not he would pick Aaron Rodgers or Peyton Manning for the option of the question. So they're not all going to be that way, but with him, it's going to work that way. And yes, five questions is a direct ripoff of Craig Kilborn, who everybody knows how much I love him. Uh, don't know we'll ever get him on the podcast. So he used to do his shows and with five questions with each guest. I thought it was terrific. So this is a nod, an homage. It's the same thing. I mean, he wasn't the first guy to ever do rapid fire questions ever, but it was called five questions. So that's why I'm going to do it that way. And that's what I'm doing. So there you go. Although I don't like it when people creep on my stuff. The people stealing the Pam thing are really lame. Pam Beasley, The Office, the world learning how much she sucks because of me. Uh, I was at the forefront of that, and now everybody's running that. I did do a George Nyang is just a taller LeBron, and a dude actually redid it like as his own tweet a day later. That sucks. You don't be that guy. Come on. Your wife's dead. If you're just biting other people's tweets, I would bet a ton of money at some point your wife cheats on you. If you're even lucky enough to get married. That's how I would look at it. All right. So we're going to do hoops, Jeff Saturday, and then five questions, Jeff Saturday. We were going to do quick conference call in with Hal from Brookline. That's my buddy named Hal Hallisey. And I just got Red Sox tickets to game one. What's up? Wasn't sure I was going to stick around. So we wanted Hal, who, believe it or not, has a thick Boston accent. And I just called him and said, dude, do you want to go? He's like, well, dude, you know, might be getting comped from, well, I don't know. I I don't want to say where he works. I think I know where he works. Maybe I'm not even sure. I'm not even sure what he does. Like, what are you, in Xerox? Do you you work with copiers? No, I'm a mercenary. Oh, that's right. We should catch up more. Um, I feel like the Hal thing was going to be great because he was going to be like, yeah, dude, I'm in. How much? And instead, he was like, dude, I can't, I can't be on your podcast right now. I'm late to a meeting. 
So that was um, that was my Hal conversation, and we thought we were going to have him on. Hal and I go way back. He was at UVM a couple years before I was. Anyway, let's start with the suspensions. I was here in Bristol. I went on with Van Pelt at Sports Center back to back nights, and I don't know. I keep saying that like I'm bragging about it. I'm just making you aware of my schedule. So the suspensions are light. Couple different teams around the league being like, this is a little different. Um, some feel that Adam Silver going lighter on Brandon Ingram, Rondo, and Chris Paul than David Stern would. Ingram gets four games, Rondo three, Chris Paul two. So as the whole thing broke down, I'm going to kind of break down how I watched it and then how I talked about it and then how the world changed because that thing called the internet who can get all sorts of things to change, right? So. I'm watching that game. I thought Houston was going to end up winning, probably because they're better. You know, this Lakers thing we'll get into a little bit deeper. It's a mess a bit. It's a mess defensively. It's not the end of the world. It's two games, whatever. Doesn't matter. Okay. But I think Harden is so incredibly frustrating to play against because his handle is sick, because his shot is insane, because he can find space and step back and all this stuff. But I also think guys are just sick of all the foul calls that he gets that he gets in the regular season, I think more so than the postseason, and the fact that he's kind of allowed to travel now too, okay? So if you had to play against that guy, it would suck. And the only person that's offended by that whole commentary, an accurate commentary by Harden, is a Rockets fan. Like this is one of those deals where you are on this island by yourself, Rockets fan, because it is in your best interest for Harden to get every one of those calls and for him to be allowed to travel, okay? And I'm not even, oh, the NBA travel guy. Like I hate the dude that comp, it's just constantly like, Oh, I stopped watching that league since they stopped calling traveling. Oh, well, congrats to you on missing out on awesome hoops because for the most part, the traveling thing isn't that big of a deal. Now, yes, Isaiah Thomas palming and uh, Antetokounmpo palming the basketball like that guy needs any more of an advantage. That is frustrating at times. I'm convinced Isaiah Thomas palmed the ball for two straight years when he was with the Celtics. But they were he was short and people just felt bad and they said, all right, you're good. And he was still awesome, okay? So not taking that part away from him. But with Harden, if you had to defend him and you go, so wait a minute, this guy dribbles hard into me and then rips the arms up through and it's on me when my back is turned. So Ingram, although it's funny it was Ingram of all people, because you would have thought it'd be a vet who's like, I'm good, Kevin Willis style, right? Keon Clark, I've been referencing him a lot lately. I don't know why. But Ingram, I think, shoves Harden because he's like, I'm so sick of this. I'm so sick of this. And Harden's like, and one, and one. So then Harden stops, he looks around, okay? And so now it becomes the Chris Paul thing, and then it looks like it sort of dies down, and then it looks like, in the beginning, Chris Paul sticking his finger right in Rondo's eye, and Rondo's like, peace, I'm not having this. A nice little left jab, compact, quick, connected. I'm not going to say hurt Paul, but it was one of those deals where he got hit in the face and was like, man, I actually just got hit in the face. And then it's this melee, and then Ingram, by the way, comes over Rudy Tomjanovich, Kermit Washington style almost. Reference that one, kids. The book called The Punch. Really, I should have timed it the other way around. And Ingram misses on everybody. If Ingram had hit somebody with that punch, and it was a sucker punch, and it was weak, and I like Brandon Ingram, that could have been a disastrous type of suspension. Okay? So, I go out on Sports Center, and Van Pelt's like, how do you want to do this? I go, I gotta tell you, I got Rondos back here. He goes, you're the biggest Chris Paul apologist in the world. I go, I'm aware. I'm told it all the time. I stick up for Chris Paul because he's really good. And I get that he's annoying as hell. Here's the deal. Chris Paul's my best friend who I know is going to be late with the rent check, who maybe has hooked up with an ex-girlfriend and covered it up, who um, litters, you know? Like, Chris Paul is that best friend where I go, you know what? I still love my dude, 
but I know there's some stuff that comes with it. And it's not that Chris Paul litters. It's that Chris Paul has a lot of dirtiness in his game, a lot of stuff that annoys the hell out of me. And I can accept those things and also simultaneously stick, simultaneously stick up for him. Weird, I know. So when I watch the whole Paul thing break down, I go, well, I don't know. He stuck his finger in Rondo's face, and I think that's kind of lame. And so guess what? Like, Rondo took a swing at him. And that's what I did. I stuck up for Rondo. I criticized Chris Paul. And then I woke up. Got back to the hotel 3 a.m., 4 a.m., fell asleep. Started watching Sopranos Season 2 again on Amazon Prime. Yeah, I got Prime. No big deal. Also have a savings account. And the John Favreau scenes with Chris Maltesani are unbelievable. Such good stuff there. Go back and check that out. So I'm trying to fall asleep, and then when I wake up, it's the spit. The spit happens. Now, when it happened the night of, Rachel Nichols was tweeting out about the spit. Marcus Spears was tweeting about the spit. And I go, how can we have HD 1080? How can we have this kind of quality? And I can't see the spit. Where is the spit? We couldn't find the spit. Then there was a late night. Mello may have just shrapnel spit on Rondo. And then it was Mello's fault because we love blaming Mello for everything. Okay? Why is Nike down? Well, it can't be. It's Mello. Um, and I was like, I don't know if Mello spit on him. And then we see the reverse angle. We see the slow-mo. And it's pretty clear Rondo spit on him, but spit on him with a mouth guard. So I thought Chris Paul was working the media, being like, dude, he spit on me. But then when you saw the reverse angle, you could see Paul's face moving away. That can't be manufactured. He's not DiCaprio. Okay, He's not McConaughey being an astronaut, which is a natural role for him. Would have thought that five years ago. What you're looking at with Chris Paul is you're saying, oh, wait, slow-mo, that's spit on your face. Usually you know when you get spit on. I've been spit on twice. Not afraid to admit it. And I knew who did it because it was really easy to tell. Now, if it's a group spitting, concourse, upper deck deal, that I can't help you with. Those are harder to track. But it was clear, even if it was a mouthpiece, a bleep, you maybe Rondo spitting thing, he was spit on. He got mad, finger in the eye. I thought differently about the whole thing. I thought all this stuff was light. For the most part, I didn't have a huge problem with any stuff. Like, I wouldn't be on TV today going, oh, Chris Paul's the worst, Rondo's the worst, whatever. Paul's dirty at times. Rondo's, like, just on the world to troll everybody. The thing is, is Rondo's overall approval rating stuff is, like, really high right now because we saw him in the playoffs, and now he's at the Lakers, and I would say the first two games in, he's been, especially that first game against Portland, super engaged. So that's my rehashing of all of that. Uh, I did have a few. You'd be like, oh, where are you at now? I'm like, oh, now that I have all the reverse video, I have changed my mind. Weird, I know, right? I I have more evidence that we didn't have the night before. And so, yeah, I regret going on SportsCenter to a point, but that's all I had at that point, and that was me sticking up for Rondo, the guy that I haven't really loved the last couple years. Okay, originally this was going to be 30 teams in 30 minutes, but I have a studio lockout thing, and in the middle of it I had a meeting. So the meeting went really well. Don't worry about it. Everybody's happy with your boy. I think it might be 13 teams in less than 10 minutes uh, because that's the way I'm going to run through this. All right, are we ready? Atlanta, 15 wins maybe this year. Now, Trey Young going off last night. That was incredible. I do think Trey Young is going to get a ton of shots. Uh, but look at their money. And the money to Mello was to be used in some of these teams. We'll get to Brooklyn here in a second. Just said, hey, this is where our cap situation is, even though the cap did go up. Um, we'll take on Mello. We'll do that kind of stuff. But their combined salaries for Atlanta at the top, Mello 25 and a half, Bays 
18 mil. Jeremy Lin, 13.7. Plumley 12.5. The Hawks have 70 million in this year alone to Mello, who's not there, and we get why they did that. Bazemore, Lynn, Plumley. Again, hard to do. I think they're terrible, but shout out to Trey Young because every one of us has been criticizing him and the Doncic thing that's attacked to the whole deal. I think he could have some massive number nights because I don't really know who else is going to score for them. I know Vince Carter's there. Um, I thought Vince Carter should have gotten more money when I looked at his pay. It's only like a couple million bucks, I think, unless I have that wrong. Uh, he hasn't been great early, but whatever. He's in, he's in, you know, I don't know if it's zone six, but you know what I'm saying. All right. Brooklyn. Karis Levert. I got to go back and find my Levert scouting report from when I did the draft a couple years ago because I loved him, but we all know that he was hurt and he was really hurt and we thought it was pretty significant. So we weren't quite sure. So he goes late in that draft, but I loved him. You know, I am going to find that scouting report just having some document problems right now. Word, hard drive, crack screen. My Mac fell out of my book bag. I called it a book bag and I'm 40. He went for 27, 28, and 19 in the first three games. Brooklyn kind of sneaky has the all Rosillo team working right now with Spencer Dinwiddie, who I loved, uh, Joe Harris, who I sneaky loved, and then you have the anti Rosillo team of D'Angelo Russell, usage rate, Kobe level uh, in the past. We'll see what happens now. He's playing a little less, and yet he's still right there almost with everyone else in league or team lead shot attempts per game. Salary, you want to play this game? Dwight Howard's wave 19 mil. And they traded for Dwight in that salary to get off of Mozgov's money. And then the rest of these guys, like Damari Carroll and Kenneth Reed, they took on that money to get firsts. And they got firsts and seconds in both of those deals. So, again, Brooklyn was stockpiling assets taking on. But look at the top of their salary structure. 19 mil for the Wave Howard. Alan Crabb, 18.5 mil, and then a player option for the same number next year. Damari Carroll, 15.5. For Reed, 13.7. So the Brooklyn Nets have 66.7 mil. Um, that's a lot. That's a lot in those four guys. But we know why they're doing it. Chicago, they're going to be terrible too. Uh, love my man Wendell Carter. Not playing great early. No Laurie Marketing, No problem. Uh, Levine has put up some big numbers. That's fine. Just want to go ahead and report this now. Jabari Parker, who's now coming off the bench, and it's been a disaster. Twenty million for him, and it's been a disaster more because of all the lead up and all the stuff, and then not want to be around and being bummed out about it. Jabari Parker, twenty million this year. Uh. He's had his moments, I thought, at the postseason the end of last year. This is another one of those stupid salary floor things where I think you should be able to carry over cap space instead of having to use it on Jabari Parker for $20 million. But they have a team option on Jabari Parker next year for $20 million. I'm going to go ahead and report that right now, so please credit the Rosillo Show podcast that the Bulls are not going to pick that up. Cleveland, also probably going to stink. Not Tristan Thompson's defending Eastern Conference champs. I get what Cleveland was trying to do. Hey, let's just keep saying it, and if we say it enough, maybe we'll believe it. We'll come out here, Kevin Love, Tristan, a couple vets, Seti Osman, he's going to be playing a little bit more now, which I don't understand how he couldn't have played at all or was limited from even being involved in rotations for long stretches last year uh, because he's he's clearly he's clearly talented enough to have gotten more run, but I think because they traded for all those guys last year. I'm going so fast right now, i got to slow down. i got a clock here. i got seven minutes in front of me. Um, well, they're not good, and it's proven out that they're not good, and I think the concern I would have for Ty Lue is – Okay, what was, did you come into this year thinking, hey, something here, something there? Everything I just said, and that you could be competitive and you could figure this whole thing out. Cause I don't know if that's going to happen. I just don't. And I'd like to see more Colin Sexton. He did play close to 30 minutes in the third game. I've been tracking that specifically. He hasn't been playing well, but I would hate to see Sexton not get developmental minutes because Cleveland spends a couple months thinking they're actually competitive this year. That's kind of my point. And by the way, they have Rodney Hood. And I was thinking about this scene in a TV show that I'm writing where there's a support group 
and one guy just stands up. He's like, hi, my name's Ryan, and I used to be a Jeff Green fan. Uh, he's just so long. And every now and then he'd like put it on the floor and dribble past everybody and throw it down on like two guys at the rim. And he'd get like 30 in a game. And then I kept watching and I just couldn't help myself. And then I would argue with friends and they're like, Jeff Green isn't any good. And I'd be like, no, it, it's not, it's not you. It's Jeff. And you know, guys would be like, you, you need help. You need help. You, you can't continue to support and argue that Jeff Green is good. You can't do this anymore. You're embarrassing yourself. You're embarrassing your family. You're having trouble at work. Your wife is thinking of leaving you. Like She just can't be with somebody who argues that Jeff Green is good or if Jeff Green is in the right situation or if Jeff Green, you just you knew, like, oh, change of scenery. Like, everybody's falling for this. You don't be another guy. And then, you know, you sit there and you explain it and your friends talk to you and the support group says all these things and everybody claps. And then a guy stands up and he says, Hi, my name's Dave, and I'm a Rodney Hood fan, and I I defend Rodney Hood. And you're like, welcome. We're the Jeff Green people. We also want to welcome in the Rodney Hood people because we're all the same. Denver, how about your boy Jokic? I just screamed that, and a dude in the hallway looked back. Um, He might be the most not top 10 player, because I'm not saying he's top 10, but he never gets talked about as the top 10. I'll do my top 10 players next week, by the way. Tease ahead. He went for 35, 12, and 11, 11, 11 from the floor and zero turnovers. Research on Saturday night, they were throwing out the idea that the only other guy that's ever done that is Wilt. Um, they get the win against Golden State. Gary Harris went off in that one. They're number one in defense three games through, and that's with playing Golden State. They were 22nd last year. So we know, uh, excuse me, Denver was 26th in defensive efficiency last year. So we know this, that they're they're going to be great offensively, and you'd love to see Murray and Harris take the next step, be consistent, overwhelm teams at times. I'm not even like I, I got to go back through and be like, should I put Jokic in there? But I don't think I'd put him ahead of Embiid. That would seem incredibly unpopular, but would it be totally wrong? Yeah, I think on the defense it would be because yeah, I'm not putting him above Embiid, but I'm just doing this sort of out loud. I'm teasing ahead. Detroit, two and zero. Detroit. That surprised you a little bit. If the season ended today, they would be tied with Milwaukee for the two seed in the East. Feels a little early to be doing that. I do think people love making fun of Blake. Blake's transitioned into this guy that everybody wants to make fun of all the time. Um, right now he's averaging 30, 10, and 5. He's shooting the hell out of it. And yet I'll see, I'll see little, not vines anymore, but I'll see these little clips of him be like, ha, ah, look at him missing this dunk. Ah. Like Blake has become the poster boy for bad contracts. And I'm not saying I would want to trade for that contract. And I do think the whole thing is a little weird how it went down because some people say Stan tried to do it last ditch effort and that ownership did sign off on it. Ownership has to sign off on that kind of contract, but I'm sure ownership will tell people, wait a minute, Stan wanted to do this thing. And then Stan may say, well, no, really ownership did. So who, who cares? Cause I can already predict what both sides would say in that kind of thing. But Blake is 30, 10 and five here. We know Drummond's going to put up huge numbers. With Detroit to even be remotely competitive, because it feels like the East has seven teams for the eight slots. I can get into more of that later. But I don't know who that third guy is going to be for Detroit. It's not going to be Reggie Jackson. He'll put up the third best numbers and take the most shots, maybe, or second most shots. But we all know how I feel about Reggie. Well documented. I don't know if it's going to be Kennard or it's not going to be Stanley Johnson at this point. And if you needed a Jose Calderon update, I have one for you. He's in Detroit. And if you also forgot about Slim. 
Dwayne Casey's their head coach. I think that's the kind of stuff that this podcast tries to do every now and then. Because there's some of you going to be like, oh, that's right. He's their head coach. I got a little Lakers here. I'm probably going to have to take the last two minutes because I'm basically getting bounced out of the studio. So 15 teams in 15 minutes, our first run through. We didn't get there. But this is good. I'm going to try to do 30 for 30. And maybe we'll make a movie out of it. I'm going to end with this Lakers thing. Here's what I like. I like that there's a lot of players, despite maybe the low floor, I think there's a lot of high ceiling guys. Not to go all draft weirdo on you here, but I think there's a version of Ingram where it's terrific. I think there's a version of Kuzma. Hart, same deal. I'm not writing off Lonzo, although they think he's in a tough spot uh, if Rondo is locked in all season long because LeBron loves Rondo. All right? So put that one away for future reference. Their defensive problems are real. Okay, They were 12th in defensive efficiency last year. Always thought that was impressive for a young group and Luke Walton. Luke didn't get enough credit for that. This year, it's bad. Um, you know, we can talk about efficiency wise where it's at. It's just, it's just bad. I do like what they've done with LeBron where they've played him with Rondo, Pope, Ingram, and JaVale. And then they've also done, I think in the second game, they did two different switches or two different sets where LeBron was with this group two different times is the point I'm trying to make with Lonzo, with Hart, with Lance, and then Kuz. This Kuzma as a center versus size thing, I don't love it, especially against Portland. Houston, it made a little bit more sense. And Capella actually stayed out on Kuzma to defend him there because Kuzma does put up maybe more threes than you realize. We knew they'd be bad on defense. We know it was going to take some time. I'm not writing off any of these things because they've lost their first few games here. But LeBron's not playing any defense either right now, and it's pretty apparent. And I said that last year, and I thought it was a concern this year, and it's real. Next week we'll do uh, 30 teams. I don't know if I'll do it next week. I was going to do 15 in 15 minutes next week. It's 15. We didn't get there, but we tried. We loved it. We had a blast the entire time. Let's talk some football with Jeff Saturday. When I watched Mahomes again last night, I'm sitting there, and, and I'm just I'm not big on okay, this guy's the best quarterback in the league when you've been doing it a couple weeks, right? Right. Just, that's not the way anything works. I'm always, okay, you got to keep proving it to me. Even if you're supposed to be the best of the position, I think you need to maybe do it for a couple of years. And in the beginning, it's like all the throws are wide open, Andy Reid, and they have all these small guys, and I'm all making it work. I mean, you can make up a bunch of qualifiers, but this dude is so in control at a young age. I still think what he's doing isn't – I don't want to talk about rule changes. I know all the reasons why offense works and why he's looked so good. Yeah. But there's something bigger going on with a guy that I just – I am i don't expect to see this happen at this position. I, I couldn't agree with you more. And he, but here's the thing. I met him. He came here during the draft stuff. Remember, yeah, yeah, like we, stuff. Yeah, we always – they, they come in. They do like every show, right? And they're talking. And um, we're meeting him Emanuel on- came here and everybody was like – Hall of Famer. <laughs> okay. He was like the best in-person <laughs> he, interview. He crushed it. Right. He crushed it. Who was? I had like Bryce Petty came one time. And I had, Petty is a good dude. Petty was a good dude, man. Like he's a good interview. You know, he's a guy you'd hang out he's with. He's one of know. the best college <laughs> athlete interviews I've yeah. ever done. Yes. I was like, yeah, probably he'll probably play 10 years. Yeah, yeah. Everybody, everybody's like, you know, you're rubber stamping, you know, success. But he, but he, come, he comes up, man, and he was really sharp. And I, I will tell you, he was extremely humble, which, you know, coming from where you're throwing for a billion yards and no one plays defense and all those kinds of things, um, and, and where he was being talked about, you know, he wasn't being talked about as one of the top five. It was, Hey, he's a good, he could potentially be a first round guy. Don't really know. Remember, people talked about he could possibly drop out of the first round. It was all these kind of conversations. I was actually really happy that Collinsworth once again pointed out on the broadcast where he said, you know, look, his, 
you know, I'm trying to do my Collinsworth theory. Be like, his tape is good, but uh, was that good or bad, Collinsworth? <laughs> not, not, not very good. Not good. <laughs> but but he goes, I also saw the bad tape at Tech because they're right. Like I know people who've never watched him at Tech will go, "What are you talking about? What are you talking about?" No, no, he used to just wing it in the air. Absolutely. Like, we'll see what happens. Absolutely. No, you, you had no idea what was going to come out. So there was all this kind of hesitation. But you could tell. You just crushed Mike Collinsworth. That's all right, though. I did he it. felt good about himself and not in a bad way, not in an arrogant way, but a very confident, yeah. but in a humble way. And he goes to KC, which we all know the system that Andy Reid runs. I mean, I mean, you, you think about the, the Donovan McNabb. You go through every every quarter. He is he without the term guru because I can't stand it. He does a really good job with developing quarterbacks and offenses around his quarterbacks. So he watches Alex Smith for a year, comes in, plays the one game. You think, ah, oh, whatever, right? He'll come play. But the maturation you're talking about, and, and take out the rules because I agree with you. There's all kinds of reasons why it's working. He trusts his eyes, and he trusts his ability to make throws in situations that you see veteran quarterbacks hesitate. I mean, go back and watch Mariota, and watch how many times the dude will pump and hold the ball and pull it down and get sacked. It's there. He sees it. It's possible not worth it, right? Like he'll, I mean, and, and it, Mara's a good quarterback, right? And that's why it's always kind of hard to figure out interceptions. Cause I right. used to have this thing where I go, Oh, if, you know, if you don't throw picks, you're great. Yeah. And then you start going, I might need a couple picks from you. Yeah. I need that ball stupid. going. Right. Like, it sounds like whenever I'm like, Hey, I think this quarterback's good. So I'll emphasize these good stats. Right. And then when I don't like a quarterback, I'll say, Oh, he throws too many picks. <laughs> yeah. But, and so I know I can contradict myself with that a little bit, but you're right. Like whenever I watch Mariota, his thing was always, he protects the football. Protects the football. Like, and, uh, and it's the Alex Smith thing, right? Protects the football. He's not going to lose you games. Or he's going to do this thing. Deshaun Watson this year. How many sacks has he taken? Guy's going to be – It's what's a, a 50, knock against 50, Deshaun last year. As great as he was, throws a lot of picks. Throws a lot, but now it's, I'm going to protect it. I'm going to cover it. I'm going to get hurt two years in a row. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to get smacked by seven sacks a week because I'm going to hold the ball. So he has this ability that's way beyond his years of – I'm going to let it go, man. I'm going to swing it. I, you know, my receiver may make the catch. He may not. And you see it in the, the Patriots game for me was a big maturation process in my mind. You, you suck it up first half, bro. I mean, it's as bad football as he has played himself. Misses wide open touchdowns. I mean, wide open. Dude's 10 yards down the field and he freaking airmails it, right? Throwing the misses reads, misses touchdowns. Goes in the locker room like, coach, don't say a word, I got it. Comes back out and laces it down. It's not a win, I don't mean it that way, but the dude came out laser focused and did not miss those throws again. That told me a lot about him because I thought he could have, the team as a whole could have folded up. The driving in at the end of the first half, you throw a pick, which is a terrible pick, terrible decision. Comes back out and just, you know, hangs him out there, but he's like, I'm going to do what I'm going to do. I'm going to go make plays. I like that, and that's not something you can coach. I, I'm telling you, everybody's going to give it to Reed, but that's not a coachable um, characteristic of a player. It's either you got it and you can deal with the consequences, or I don't want to be the guy that's known as I'm losing games, so I'm not going to. Because, look, this, is, this thing is going to come to an end at some point. It does for everybody, right? He's going to have two or three games where you know he skunks it up and it doesn't go good or his receivers drop a bunch of balls or his line gets beat. Something's going to happen. It's just it's the way of the game. He's the kind of guy who's going to overcome it because of mental toughness. Okay. Um, whenever when you just said, okay, you don't like Guru, 
And, I hate it. And the thing I that hate it. It's kind of driven me crazy about some of the development that we've seen is that a guy would make these jokes with some football guys. Like I would say, wait, so only McVay and Shanahan know how to call plays now? Right. Like, that right. doesn't make any sense. Like, when right. Garoppolo closed strong last year, right. and Goff is, is turned into somebody that we go, oh, man, they're going to regret that, too. Wow, you know, we, we've got somebody who's going to be able to do this a long time. Yeah. And then I think, so what do you, you just have to... You have to be really young, have, <laughs> right, right? Fresh, <laughs> right. fresh ideas. So no one, and I can understand. You know, I feel like in sports, and I've said this a lot, is that maybe football has realized maybe we were doing it wrong for a long time. Maybe, maybe a, a rushing attempt up the middle is a wasted attempt at a pass on the outside, right? And I don't like when someone says, "Well, it's just the rule changes." And you go, "Well, no, it isn't. Rule changes are part of it, but the same way, it wasn't rule changes of why Texas football and high school evolved." You know, you're down. That's set. right. Like, you've seen what's happened here. That wasn't because of rule changes or safety. That's it right. It was just, let's spread this thing out and let's put some points up and see what happens. Absolutely. So, it's it's all connected. But Andy Reid's a great example. It's not like Andy Reid is new. But when we didn't like Andy Reid, it was terrible with the clock. Yeah, yeah. Game manage yeah, it. Just game management's trash. Right, doesn't right. get it. And there were some right. examples of it. That Chiefs yeah. playoff game against New England a couple years ago, you're like, you know you're down two Yeah, scores, by the way, right? Belichick does the same thing and has lost it, but he's... he's well, I think there's, it all I think happens. there's some resume stuff. But you, that's what I'm it. saying. But because of the resume, you let it pass. I it's, guess that what I'm saying is I refuse to believe there were two guys in the world that knew how to just evolve as a play caller. And Andy is doing some things. Like even Nagy, when you think I think I think it was Rossini who had the tweet yesterday. She's like, I talked to the Pats defense and they said there were not a little not a lot of similarities between the Bears and Chiefs, despite the, the coaching tree. Right. You're like, really? Yeah. <laughs> like, Trubisky and Mahomes, there were there no, weren't not a whole lot. <laughs> so when you were playing versus what you see now, like that can't be re- it can't be fair to think that there's only three guys that are getting this right now. No, absolutely not. And you you and I, I want to make sure I, you people hear me in the right way. What McVeigh has done in Los Angeles is remarkable. His offense, I, I coach high school football. It is very similar to offenses I face on a weekly basis. So why did high school do this then? Okay, because you're limited in productive players. Okay, so for us, my line is going to be, my guard is 200 pounds, and i got to go face a 290-pound three technique. So well, if I were in high what? school right now, I could play guard for yeah, you. Yeah, you, absolutely. You'd be, be in awesome. fact, you would be my biggest offensive lineman and most In high school. Right I, away. I feel right? better about myself So today. you have to figure out, okay, so we, we can't block him, yeah. so what can we do? We're going to avoid him. We're going to read him. I mean, take this back to Chip Kelly in Oregon where they read all these different players and they're putting it in the players' hands. And of, those, for people, like as much as I, I loved all that stuff that Oregon was doing, it actually wasn't complicated. It's not complicated and, at all. And they didn't run that many plays. No, it's six plays. Right. It's just it's the tag on the six plays, right? It's and making each play, it's making everything out of those formations look like this. the same. Oh, like, hey, I saw this. That's right. Actually, now the tight end's wide open. That's exactly right. Who Who is going where? Which where, Where'd who go? It's those kinds of things. And now you put on from the Rams perspective one of the best offensive lines in the league Whitworth out there lead, right I mean Sullivan so you have guys who can play then you give them all the skill guys Gurley golf is playing good right you got cup I mean you just keep adding names of players who are making plays now flip it over on the defensive side and they're giving you the ball 15 times a game you're getting 15 touches at it 
all of these things work together. It is not because one guy, you know, when Shanahan, and I mean the original Shanahan, not Son Shanahan, I mean back in the day, the zone concept redefined football when I first started playing. When you first saw the zone blocking stuff that Shanahan was doing with the Broncos, I was, you're, you're playing somewhere else. Yeah, like, yeah. What, what? I'm like, I can play forever if I get in that, <laughs> that system. Because it's little guys who can go chop down big guys, and we can get them really tired really quickly. Then they can't pass rush me. I know I can be successful. right? Because the it, it, they adjusted. Everybody got really big. Everybody's running power football. Guys like me can't do that. So now all of a sudden you change the system up and the way that you design it and Shanahan's running this cut zone backside one, you know, one, one cut, put your foot in the ground and go. And every running back he has, doesn't matter where they're from, is going to the Pro Bowl and in the Hall of Fame. I mean, it's, it's those kind of things. This system is going to be the same. And let me tell you, everybody's picking up North Turner yesterday in this, in the comeback. They run a fake zone read option reverse. Tell me how many different concepts are going on in one play. Literally, they fake it one way, right. right? McCaffrey is running the option with Cam on the backside. Meanwhile, Cam pitches it to Samuel, who's coming around on a reverse. There's 33 things going on, but you can't track enough guys if you're on. Your eyes can't because your eyes tell you what your read should go to, so you miss a guy. Right, and you're probably either going to screw it up the first time, or they don't care if they don't gain anything the first time. That's right. They know they're going to run it a second time. Because they're setting you up for something else after it, right, of that option is going to come get you if they don't get you with a reverse. So it's all of those things that you're seeing are allowing these offenses to thrive, and it's just it's just becoming. Because here's the thing: why do you do it? Because not everybody has a Tom Brady, right? Not everybody has an Aaron Rodgers. Not everybody has a quarterback that can sit back and beat you. So you try to be creative in your thought, and then you get the quarterbacks who can do it all. You know how golf is playing, how Mahomes is playing, and now it just looks spectacular. Because by the way, for everybody listening, Jimmy's and Joe's matter. Those guys who make all that money, they matter. They're really good for a reason. It ain't just coaching. There's a lot of really good players out there who help these guys, you know, all these coaches look like the gurus because Jimmy's and Joe's matter. Just so you know, on this podcast, we hate the Jimmy's and Joe's reference, but that's, we'll, we'll let it pass because I've used guru. <laughs> yes. Okay. I'll let you, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a free pass but, on the guru. <laughs> I think even Kyle is another example because you remember after the Super Bowl, like, well, you know, he's going to have to wear that play calling. And you're like, wait a minute, does he suck now? Right. Is he nepotism? Right. Oh, no, now he's one of two people in the world that can call plays? All right. So I just, it's just kind of interesting, I think, how it all comes full circle. And usually it has everything to do with winning because a lot of people are like, Andy Reid, they're just going to go with Andy Reid. And now it feels like everybody. I can't wait for owners that have stagnant offenses that start plundering college college coaching ranks. Like My whole thing has been that if Kingsbury doesn't work out at Texas Tech, some owners gonna be like, we'll give him a couple million bucks a year to be our coordinator. Right. Cause he had Baker, he had, uh, obviously he had Mahomes. So I, I do think that that'll be the next wave of everybody's buying into this. Well, it's just young people. You have to get these young dudes to call these plays. I have a question for you. Okay. Gotcha. So you come into the league undrafted. Yes. So Baltimore cut you. Oh yeah. As a practice guy, your rookie year. Yeah. Was, was a nobody. <laughs> now, did you, cause you went to UNC. Do you think that people were biased against you for not being in the SEC? For sure. There's definitely. <laughs> no, no. Why, I was, why did you not go to an SEC school? 
Did you uh, not have SEC speed? No, all, all, Auburn wanted me. They I was, did? Yeah, yeah Auburn, Auburn actually offered me, but they had just gotten the death penalty, so maybe that's why they wanted me. <laughs> they had just gotten it. They didn't get a death penalty. They got whatever it was. Remember, somebody got busted giving money. Right, whatever right, it was, yeah. it was bad. Their, so, their number was up. Yeah, it was right. It was bad, but they offered me. Uh, Clemson offered me. I had some big, and they ACC, but I had some big, uh, bigger offers football-wise. Uh, than UNC. Than UNC. But why? Just you love the campus? No, no. The uh, my, my mom is a teacher, and the girl graduation rate at Clemson and Auburn at the time were in the uh, 20s or 30s. Could you not get into LSU academics? <laughs> That's exactly right. So my parents were like, hey, uh, you need to go somewhere where they graduate because you're not going to go play football. See, look what they do, right? I mean, my goodness. I mean, draft status, everything affected. Do you think, can we rule out a comeback right now on the podcast? Because this blocking some of this stuff, I, I feel pretty. good. I'm telling you, you I, look I've spry. Said, I feel quick. I'm quick twitch. I've always been quick twitch. <laughs> I think I'm ready. Don't call me dead legged. On uh, we did oh, a podcast. Are you that day. guy? He said you you're not quick twitch enough. He goes, I thought you'd be more quick twitch. He goes, oh, you're dead leg. And yeah. I go, I don't know. I don't know if that's accurate. Oh, uh, I haven't seen I haven't seen you move. But if if that's let me tell you, that's, I'm going to show you some highlights. That's a big time shot. You don't yeah. want to be that guy. Yeah, you don't want to be Mister Muscle. He right. just stays stagnant, bro. You got to be able to move. I'll admit I've sacrificed some quickness. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> for some cuts, so, quickness for cuts. <laughs> I like it. So if uh, if we Google you, I think this is great because it's always kind of interesting what comes up to fill out the rest of the sentence. Yours, your third one is weight loss. Oh, that's really good. I like it. Yeah. So I don't know. I was, I was, I was a large, large man. That was part of the job. So you get cut by Baltimore. Yep. How, who cut you? Oh man, who cut me? Um, I'm trying to think of who the head coach was. Oh, Ted Marcherota was the head coach. Good man. Good dude. And you know yeah, what? I bet you he was a really kind. He Man- probably gave you a hug. Manning used to, because Marcherota comes back to Indy. You know, he's yeah, in like right. the ring of honor. He comes back to do radio for Indy after. And Manning's like, you hate him, don't you? Just say, just admit you hate him. He cut you. He disrespected you. And I was like, he's like the nicest guy ever. He, you know, if you want to get cut, you're going to want to get cut by Ted Marcherota. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and Ferentz, who's now at Iowa, was my O line coach. And literally he took the, this is no joke. Kirk Ferentz? I do. Okay. The day before I get cut, he looks at me and tells me, you're going to play in this league a long time Saturday. You got, you, you, I'm telling you, you have, you have what it takes. And why am I getting cut? Listen, literally the next day, I'm standing in a line and I have, and I'm an idiot. I got nothing about football. And I'm in this line. I was like, I don't know why I'm standing over here. And the guy hands me the paper and he's like, uh, hey, we just released you. We need your playbook. I look down at the card and it like checks a box. He's like, not good enough. I mean, it was, it was, it was that bad. And so I there's an at, actual, like, oh, it was like three, like injured. There was like who three gets boxes. Cut and the box isn't checked on not good I, enough. That's what I don't know. I mean, I didn't know if it was injury, whatever it was. I, the tears in my eyes wouldn't allow me to read through, but I literally look at, at Ferris. I'm like, Hey man, what's up? And he's like, I have no control over this. He's like, this is all numbers. And Ozzy, you know, and their, and their center at the time was Wally Williams, who was a franchise player and Mitchell, who they had just drafted. Yeah. But you're and, a, you couldn't be a swing guy. That's I, I looked at Ozzy. I'm like Ozzy. I'm a ball, but they were all huge human beings. I was very small, so I didn't I didn't fit either way. But I remember I remember telling Kurt, I was like, thanks, bro, thanks for pumping me up and then get me cut up, and now I'm broken hearted for the next six months. But he he literally, and when he came back to visit 
Indy, he's he, he, I told you, you know, he's one of the I told you guys, right? Yeah, I told I you to be a star. Yeah, you're calling games, <laughs> Ted. Uh, okay, so you got to India '99, then, right? Yes. So why does Manning get so much credit for the three and thirteen to thirteen and three turnaround, and you get none? Agreed. Agreed. My, Have we addressed this? Has this been addressed on NFL Live? No, but I can tell you, my back is still sore from carrying him for the first few years of our career. He was terrible before I got there. I helped get him in line. I settled him down. You know, I'm like, Manny, chill out. Get in the, hey, get some video. That double coverage, Yeah, bro, I'm like, hey, man, can we start watching some yeah. film? Can you get some predictors here? I mean, he, before before me, he, he didn't even look at film. I had to teach him how to watch film, how to pick up blitzes. I mean, for real, honestly, when he goes in the Hall of Fame, I should be there, just just because he would have never been anywhere without me. Yeah, right. It's like, hey, do you want to beat Florida <laughs> this time? Well, now they're in Jacksonville. Yes. All right? Yes. All right, so um, – This is is my least favorite Manning stat because any rookie quarterback that sucks and throws a ton of picks, like, well, Manning threw 28 his first year. You're like, yes, and guess what? Then he threw for 70,000 yards. Yes. Okay, so just whenever I I see that, I'm always like, yeah, that's true. Like, whenever somebody will try to, like, defend their bad quarterback and then point to Manning's rookie year as if, yeah, all these guys suck. If you, he just threw a ton of picks, but you weren't there. Listen, and obviously that's what changed. If you would have heard the stories, so can we hear one now? Uh, so we had so the O linemen who were there. I come in and they're still there. Then, then were they, you supposed to be a starter? No, Probably absolutely not. Right? not. No, no, no. I, I was. I was a kid. They thought I was a deep snapper. The offensive line coach Howard Mudd didn't even know I played. I played offensive line. Literally, I showed up in a sweatshirt doing O line drills, and he was like, "The hell are you doing here?" He's like, "I thought you were a deep snapper." There, I was like. Uh, no, sir. I play, uh, guard and center as well. He's like, all right, whatever. Get over in line. You know, it was that kind of thing. I mean, he hit me up with Were it. Were you right? wearing a sweatshirt to look bigger? No, they make you. That, oh. that was our, that was the I gear. used to do that. My first job as a bouncer, <laughs> I put like two t-shirts on it. To try to be swole? Yeah. You don't need them anymore. You know, you back then this, I did. Yeah. <laughs> so I go in and they tell stories of Manning in the huddle, like trying to get everybody riled up and they're like, shut up, rookie. Just do your job. You know, don't say a word. Don't screw this don't up. Don't say a word. And these are these are guys who I that's mean, bad. Yeah, you it's can't bad. do that. It's Even bad. if you don't respect the quarterback, and, but it's here's the year. Here's the pass protection now. So I would. So they had they had guys all out of position. Like our starting left tackle for every year I was there was a guard. Our our you know our our left tackle got moved to right tackle. So all these guys were out of position as opposed to when I played. So we get there and they told me they had a protection that was called happy hour. I was like, what is happy hour? It means on one side you're blocking. Two for three. So it's like you're getting two for three. So two offensive linemen got to block three D linemen or three defensive players on that side. So they would call it happy hours. Probably not the best protection. They said Manning got killed. I mean, guys would just come screaming off the edge. He's looking a different direction and he's getting up like, guys, you know, where, where did it come? I had my guy. You know, it was those kind of, and I am rolling because Manning, if there's anything about, he wants everything picked up. He wants nothing to be, no stone goes unturned with this guy. So to hear that they had a protection called happy hour, I would literally roll. I was like, Hey, Manning, we're going to go happy hour this week on the backside, dude. Good luck, man. Go, go, go make it happen you know he did not like the jokes that was not he did not enjoy getting hit not seeing it coming okay the fact that it was called happy hour is great and you know what i love <laughs> even more about it is that where's it coming from is code for what the bleep is wrong with yes. you guys yes. whenever a quarterback's just getting worked yes. and then you can hear it or if i'm on the sideline or something or a guy's running off he'll say where's it coming from and what's he really <laughs> wants? well you guys <laughs> block anyone can somebody 
pick up the 280-pound in that is coming unblocked. I would appreciate it. You know what I like about happy hour, which is two for three, is just basically also saying, and we're going to get called for holding like half the time on this. Oh, absolutely. Because somebody's going to reach. Because There's no reach. doubt. You, you you are out. And by the way, they're much better athletes than we are. We're, we're in trouble to start. Well, some, maybe some of the guards. Some not of centers. Them. Not me. Not no, a guy like no, you. No, no. So then quick you, twitch again. Then, quick twitch. Will you be in the ring of honor for the Colts? I'm in, bro. You're already in? You missed it. That was it. quick. Uh, I was, it, you know what? It literally was, I think it was the fastest turn. Like I got in before Reggie, before all those guys. I'm, I'm right up there, man. Right. I mean, it was like bang, bang. Ursa, I was missed a, it. <laughs> Wait a minute. Was that just last year? No. When was it? It was a couple years ago. How long have you been retired? Four, five years. That's too quick. You were good, but you weren't, I mean, oh, I'm, uh, Ring of Honor. Real good. Did you donate don't a lot Don't just of say you were good. Out real good. I mean, I would have never, I, I usually don't like to, to mess that stuff up. Well, um, you just did. You just I don't did. even feel like in. I did. I feel like a lot of guys Ge- listening I'm right in, now I'm are in, going. I'm in the Georgia State Hall of Fame. I'm in the Ring of Honor. I got all that. And you know, I mean, I can Would tell you take someone the UNC didn't. job? <laughs> Absolutely. Would you? Absolutely. Hey, a lot of it. those guys are on that train now. Oh. They could start right here. This could be on a message board in an hour. <laughs> okay. We're going to do this new thing. Oh, um, I it, love you, dude. It's in honor of, of Craig Kilborn, okay? And Craig Kilborn is my favorite sports center anchor of all time. We've tried to get him on the podcast, and we were told by his publicist he's a huge fan, but not now. He big times you. Yeah, but I don't even know. I love when publicists say stuff like, we got Denzel on once, and Denzel said, hey, Denzel's a huge... We're talking Denzel Washington, not Ward, who I do love. <laughs> okay, okay. He, Thanks for clarification. Like, I was definitely thinking Ward, not a chance. Actually, Always more go watch about that now after that, <laughs> that weird play they adapted into a movie. Didn't do it for me. But when I, uh, when I ran into Denzel after we had him on, I was like, hey, bro, right guy. Yeah. What's up? And some dude next to him was like, you can, you can move. You can oh. keep walking. And I was like, maybe he's not a huge fan. So I don't know if Kilborn's a fan or not. So he used to always end all of his shows with five questions. Okay. okay five. So I'm going to start doing it on both of my podcasts. I'm going to juice it up a little bit. It's something I always want to do on the radio show, but I never really trusted the other host to do it with me. I like it. Okay. Let's go with it. And that's not a shot at one host. That's a shot at all of my co-hosts. Before we get to all that stuff, when you're constantly on the go like I am, grinding away at work or out with friends, there's not much time to think about upgrading your style or apartment. That's why I love getting hooked up with a box of awesome from Bespoke Post every month. These guys are out scouting for quality, unique products to send to me. Now you can experience it too at boxofawesome.com. To get started, visit boxofawesome.com and answer a few short questions that will help them get a feel for the boxes that will be best for your style. Whether you're in search of the perfect drink, a well-kept pad, or jet-setting in style, Bespoke Post improves your life one box at a time. Each box goes for under 50 bucks but has more than $70 worth of unique gear waiting inside for you. The first of each month, you'll receive an email with your box details. You'll have five days to change colors or sizes or add extra goods to your box. If you're not feeling that month's box, then simply skip it. From barrel aging kits to limited edition cigars, weekender bags to classy dop kits, Bespoke Post offers essential goods and guidance for the modern man. You know what's a great idea here? Depending on the friendship level connection, you know, a few hundred bucks may seem a lot or maybe not too much for a wedding gift. Depends on where you're at. This would be a sick wedding gift idea because that means other than the one thank you know and being thought of once, that groom is going to think about you for 12 straight months. That's what you can do. You don't have to do it all 12. Here's the deal. Lock it in now. 
20% off your first subscription box. Go to boxofawesome.com. Enter code Rusillo, R-U-S-S-I-L-L-O, at checkout. That's boxofawesome.com, code Rusillo, for 20% off your first box. Bespoke post, theme boxes for guys that give a damn. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to do five questions based on Aaron Rodgers and Peyton Manning. We have okay. to pick one. Okay? okay, pick one. All right. Okay. Pure talent, better quarterback. Aaron Rodgers. He just the best arm. I remember the first time we ever warmed up, and I snapped the ball to him, and it comes by my head, and it made a, and I, I look back. I literally looked back at him. I was like, "Bro, are you gassed up?" And he's like, "What do you mean?" I, I said, "What? What was that?" He's like, I'm, "I'm warming up," and I thought to myself, "Holy crap!" Like the velocity he throws the ball with, and literally that same week we run a play where he's booting left gets chased out of the pocket, and throws it 70 yards on a rope to Jordy Nelson with pressure coming as he's rolling away from his strong. And I just thought to myself, most talented guy I've ever. I mean, it just it's insane how athletic and how strong his arm is. Okay. Better tipper, Manning or Rodgers? Ooh. Probably Manning. Probably Manning. You know, Man- Manning's one of those guys – I don't know that he would want to tip as much as he does, but he probably does it just in case, you know, somebody's going to like snapshot. You know what? Aaron's probably like that too, honestly. Aaron probably has to be, yeah. Yeah. I could see, I could see Manning doing it though to buy equity in town. Yeah. 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 Like I don't think it was worth 25%, but I just want everybody to. Yeah. Yeah. I want just in case anybody's going to snap a shot of my, yeah, snap a shot of my tip. It can't be, can't be 15%. Be like, what? No, Manny's tipping 15 now. He, he, he's, look, he's been around the game. He's, he's football royalty. He can't risk it being out that he's not, he's got to be the big tipper. There's no doubt. Okay. Um, I love that question. That might be fair though to both. So actually, you know, who, Honestly, if the if the end result is a good tip for the working man or woman, then who cares the motivation? A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Ride the coattails, bro. I'm all in. Who would win in a fight? Oh, <sighs> I'd whip them both easy. So I'm just trying to think. I'm trying to think. Manning's probably Manning's got the size on him. He's a big he, dude. He's a big cat. Yeah, I think people underestimate. I mean, Manning's close I can't to six seven. How like person to person? Because I ran into both of them at that party where he, Manning's wife just. Screwed me over <laughs> yeah. so bad. Just Still one me... of my favorite stories. Right. And then the big dude next to Manning's like, you can leave. Yeah. Kind of like a Denzel thing. Yeah, and I'm bounce. like, I was asked to come over here. <laughs> bounce. Right. His wife told me to come over and right. meet him. And now she's just crushing me. And then I ran into Rogers afterwards. I'm just name dropping the hell out of this party. I love this. And I was, I was surprised. Like standing next to Rogers, you don't, you're like, okay. Yeah, nothing intimidating. You're like, you're the most physically gifted quarterback to ever play this game, and you're just, you're, you're decent size. Totally guy. shocking, right? I mean, it's, what, what you is just it? expect it to be this godlike creature. Yeah, and just, here's the thing. For Rodgers, he's probably 6'1". I don't know if he's even 6'1". Six, he's 6'1"-ish. Six so you think about like a like Russell Wilson's built man. He's a thick cat. Like he looks athletic. Aaron Rodgers, like if you, if Aaron, what, if they didn't put his, you know, face up on everything, you would walk by him and never think he played football. There's nothing about his That's body. That's why I think he likes L.A. so much. Yeah, like his just, body, right, yeah. you would never believe that that guy could play football, and especially not at the level he does it. Um, a fight, though, because that's not, it's not just about size. Like, who's going to – who refuses to lose? 
Oh, I, I got you know I gotta go Manning. I'm telling you, I, I gotta go Manning. I think Man, I think Manning uses. Well, he he's has got a switch. Three, he's got three Do brothers. Guys have a switch. He's got three. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got yeah. Manning definitely has a switch. Now he'll lose his mind. He'll overload his mind. Yeah, yeah. Because I almost had to smack him around a few times. So he'll he gets he gets excited. You know what I mean? He feels like he had his Wheaties. He's gonna go in. Um, but but both. I would say Manning with his brothers. They threw some hands growing up. I'm not sure. I saw I saw Roger's brother like on the TV show, and I don't know if either of those guys threw hands. They probably they probably spoke their problems out. Probably not a lot of hand talk. Hands I, ended up, I ended up liking Jordan more once I get to know him after the show. Good cat. Yeah. Can he fight? Probably not a fighter. His hair's really good. Yeah. For a fighter. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. He probably they both. Probably, I ended up liking Jordan. They probably try to protect their face a lot more. You know, as a lineman, you're not worried about it. Dude. I'm going all in. I'm breaking noses. We're trying to get after it. We're cutting eyes. All right. We got two more. I love these questions, by the way. So in the group, you all know with everybody's friends, there's there's the guy that, that just is kind of the alpha of the group. And as a quarterback, you, you almost you almost inherit the alpha thing. But who is more likely to say something in the group where the group would be annoyed with that person? Where you'd be like, come on, dude. Oh, both. Both. I, let me say this though, like Manning in a group, he's definitely the alpha, right? Like he is, uh, because he's, he's covering, you know, whatever it is, right? Like he's going to take you to some, some sweet setups, right? Like he took me to Augusta National. He takes me to hunt in places that, you know, right. They, but if he wants to make a run for a peach cobbler ice cream sandwich, you have to go when he wants to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's exactly. He's setting okay. it up. I've got friends like that. Yeah, yeah. He's setting it up because he wants to go because he and he's going to cover his face like this as he walks in and out. Right. I mean, it's the whole thing. As right? if you can't figure out. Who yeah, this guy yeah. You're is, six like, seven, right. bro. Like everybody's looking at you. Like stop doing it. You know, Matt Hasselbeck ran into me down there at Augusta. You know, what he was wearing what's that wheels up, zip up, of and course no, he is. but no hat. Of course. And then he walked by me and all my boys, and he goes, "Shh." Oh. And it was my friends thought it was the funniest thing. Ever. <laughs> They're like, Matt Hasselbeck just shushed yeah, us. Yeah, shushed us. No, no thanks. I would say. But he this. wasn't wearing a costume, is my point. Oh, yeah. No, he, why would you? I mean, I mean, come on. That's not even, that's not even the same no, that's caliber. A good point. That's a good but point. Here, here's the thing Matt I would Hasselbeck, say this. Not in the same caliber. Manning, his crew, he is much more of a crew guy. Aaron is a, is not. Aaron is a, Aaron is a, um, I don't want to say a loner, but definitely not. board guy? Yeah, yeah. He's not a, like, it's not all inclusive, dude. He's not the guy, he's not the guy everybody's rolling with, right? Like Manning wants everybody to roll with him. He's going to invite every, he wants, he wants guys. That is not, that's not Aaron. You know, Aaron's going to go do his thing in LA by himself, right? And, you know, he may have a couple guys now, but when I was there, that was not the case. You so know you what would, I mean? you would, you would show up if you were still on the team and you go, why were you with, Jonah Hill and Emma Stone at the Maniac premiere. Exactly. Like, how did that happen? Yeah, yeah. Where, What'd where, you do with your off? Yeah, day? yeah. We, yeah. We went to Dave and Buster's. Right. That's exactly. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect example. Right. Like, why didn't I get the invite? We're going to do the same thing. Like, bring me along, dog. Like, yeah. we all hey, offensive linemen have ridden quarterback. Is there a Nobu in Green Bay, or yeah. did you go to Malibu? <laughs> yeah. You know, like what happened? Why didn't I get invited? But that's just the difference in in both their personalities. There. Last one. Down four. Playoff game. Oh, down four playoff game. Let's say less than two minutes. I, you know, I don't want to be like 137, two timeouts and a challenge. I'm, you know, go, I'm going, you know, the general point. I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. Make. I'm going Manning. Wow. I'm going Manning. That I am going Manning. surprised me a little. Yeah, I'm going Manning. But, but here's the deal, dude. I've like, got a wrong answer on this one. I'll yeah. give you a cop out. Why Manning, though? Why? Because why I like him better. You know, I like him better. And I'm, I'm all about, I'm a, I'm a ride or die guy, but I like him better. Like, I, like honestly, like, 
it sounds bad, but that's my that, that's why I would go with him. I think he's a better I think he's a better guy. I'm going with him. I, you know, I, I, so I'm 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 going with that. When win or lose, I'm going home happier th- than the other way. You know, so that's that's why I would do it. Or to David Musters. Or to David Busters, or to Augusta National, or going to Quail Hunt. Either way, but all the way, I'm getting, I'm riding coattails. Let's rock! Jeff Saturday, everybody, check him out. You Thanks, man. man.